I welcome you to the Holistic Health Show. I'm Dr. Carl O'Helvey, your host. My guest today, Dr. Jonathan Wright, a Harvard University, 1965, and University of Michigan Medical School graduate, 1969, was also awarded an honorary doctorate of naturopathic medicine by Bastyr University in 1993. He is a pioneer in the research and application of effective natural treatments for health problems not requiring surgery. Since 1976, he has accumulated over 80,000 research papers concerning diet, vitamins, minerals, botanicals, and other natural substances, along with Dr. Ellen Gabby, from which he has developed treatment protocols. Since 1983, he has taught seminars on his methods to thousands of physicians. Dr. Wright and Gabby's nutritional therapy and medical practice seminars remain one of the most complete and intensive natural medical seminars available to physicians. In the early 1990s, Dr. Wright was the first in these United States to prescribe comprehensive hormone replacement therapy using hormones identical to those found natural in young humans rather than hormones from pregnant horses and or synthesized in factories. This treatment, Bioidentical Hormone Replacement Therapy, or BHRT, is now used nationwide by millions. Recognized as the original developer and most experienced practitioner of BHRT, Dr. Wright often lectures on maximizing efficacy and safety in bioidentical hormone use. Other accomplishments include originating successful natural treatment for elimination of childhood asthma, developing natural treatments to stop vision loss and or improve vision, in the majority of individuals with dry macular degeneration, pioneering the use of aldosterone to reverse age-relating hearing loss, discovering the effects of iodine on estrogen metabolism and cobalt on steroid detoxification, and popularization of the use of the natural sugar D-mannose for elimination of 85 to 90% of urinary tract infections. He also originated effective natural treatments for seborrheic dermatitis, allergic and viral conjunctivitis, Osgood-Slater disease, and treatment which improves bone density in the large majority of those with osteoporosis. In 2013, he resurrected forgotten research and treatment protocols for the application of human cryonic gonadotropic HCG to treat severe neurological problems. More recently, he applied published research showing the presence of Heliobacter pylori in nasopharynx to develop a treatment for nasal polyps. Dr. Wright founded Tahoma Clinic in Washington State in 1973. 
the infamous 1992 FDA armed raid on Tahoma Clinic, the great vitamin B bust, inadvertently popularized the clinic and natural medicine, with Dr. Wright ensuing struggle and eventual acquittal serving as major impetus for congressional reform of vitamin mineral regulations. He is internationally known for his 29 medical articles and 13 books, selling over 1.5 million copies with two texts, Book of Nutritional Therapy and Guide to Healing with Nutrition, Achieving Bestseller Status. Since 1996, he has written a popular monthly newsletter emphasizing nutritional and naturally-based medicine with a wide-ranging distribution. More recently, in 2012, he was inducted into the Orthomolecular Hall of Fame, the International Society of Orthomolecular Medicine, honored for his contributions to the field of natural medicine. A full list of honors awards appear in Dr. Wright's curriculum found at www.tahomaclinic.com. I welcome you to the Holistic Health Show, Dr. Wright, and I look forward to hearing more about bioidentical hormone replacement. Now first, what is meant by bioidentical hormone replacement therapy? It's using molecular substances that are exactly identical in their molecular structure to the hormones that are made in our own bodies. And so that's why it's called bioidentical. I guess that's short for biologically identical to what's in the human body. And one could not tell the difference, even if one is a skilled chemist, between the hormones produced by the human body and the bioidentical ones. They're precisely the same. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And how did you become interested in this field? Well, it was all due to a lady who came into my office in 1982, and she was having some symptoms of menopause, and postmenopause, actually, I said that wrong, um, and she wanted some hormone replacement to get rid of the postmenopausal symptoms, and so I started to write her prescription, and she must have been a school teacher because she could read upside down, <laughs> and she read the prescription pad, and she said, hey, that's for Permarin. And I said, yeah. And remember, this is 1982. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And she says, I thought you were a natural medicine doctor. Uh, well, yes, I do have an MD as well as an ND. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, and I do prefer the natural side. And so I told her, yes, but, uh, you know, Permarin is from nature. And she looked at me and she said, do I look like a horse? <laughs> and uh, of course, being a smart guy, all mm-hmm. those smart guys know better to answer that, that mm-hmm. sort of question for a lady. So I didn't answer. And I said, well, you know, you're right. It isn't exactly the same as what's in human bodies. And she said, well, that's what I want. I want exactly what's in human bodies. And I told her the only one that was on the market is one called estradiol, and there are three principal estrogens, estrone, estradiol, and estriol. Leads the court in all the tech textbooks, there's the three principal estrogens, and we can only get to one of them. And she said what some of us guys are accustomed to mm-hmm. hearing from our wives. We weren't, and we weren't married at all, but she mm-hmm. sounded that way. She says, I'm sure you can do something about that. I'll be back in a couple, three months to get my uh, hormones that are exactly like my hormones when I was 33 <laughs> years old. Okay, so that set me on a search for them, and 
At that time, there were very few compounding pharmacies in the United States. Uh, none of them had it. That That is the combination of more than one estrogen that's found normally in human bodies. And I finally located Cripps Pharmacy. Got to give him a lot of credit in Vancouver, mm-hmm. B.C. Mm-hmm. Ed Thorpe is the chief pharmacist, and he was able to locate and bring into his pharmacy all of the bioidentical hormones, oh. all of the hormones that are mm-hmm. that, that are um, bioidentical to the human ones. Mm-hmm. So that's what got it started. Is this lady who asked me if she looked like a horse? Mm-hmm. Now from that. Um, that was actually the start of bioidentical hormones in these United States. Mm-hmm. And so we did a couple of things. I made sure to do a heck of a lot of research to find out which hormones should we should be using and what quantities. It's important to copy nature. Now, this I didn't need research for. Mm-hmm. If we copy nature as closely as is possible, we're least likely to get into trouble. So I had to look up what was in the body and which hormones and what order and what the timing should be, uh, which is, of course, just copying nature, leaving out a few days a month for the ladies, and we don't have to do that for the guys. Mm-hmm. But anyway, that's what got it started, sir. That's great. Good. In the United States. Mm-hmm. Now, did you know? The bioidentical hormone replacement actually started in China in the year 1050. Really? No. I'm serious about this. There's a whole hmm. set of books on this. It's called Science and Civilization in China. It's by a, he was a professor, so I'll just call him Professor Joseph Needham. Mm-hmm. He's in the UK, and since he to be a flaming communist, even though he was in the UK, he and Mao Zedong made very good friends, besides his wife was Chinese. Mm-hmm. And so he was allowed by Mao Zedong to, he and his wife, go throughout China and read all of these ancient manuscripts, which she could read and translate for him. And what they found is that in 1050, in the Chinese imperial court, the Taoist priest convinced the emperor to do this. The emperor decreed that all the young ladies should go urinate over here, and all the young men over there, and where over here and there was, were two specially constructed buildings with troughs in them. Mm-hmm. And they had to fill the troughs with urine over time, and they did. Um, took them a couple of months, I'm sure. That's mm-hmm. just me talking. But what the book says is once the troughs were filled up, they let all that urine evaporate, and of course there's a bunch of stuff, debris left in the bottom. And so then the Dallas, uh, Dallas priests sent out the other Dallas priests, I'm sure, just like an intern in a hospital, with gums and resins, and they rolled it through that debris, and from the ladies' side of things, they gave it to the empress and her um, friends, and from the men's side of things, they gave it to the emperor and his friends, and everybody felt better. And that's the actual origins on this planet of bioidentical hormones. And you can look that one up in the book called Science and Civilization by uh, in China by Joseph Needham. Volume 5, by the way. And why do you think that they stopped after that? Was it expensive? Well, it shouldn't have been expensive. No, they didn't stop until, according to Needham anyway, they didn't stop till the mid-19th century. They kept up oh. from the year 1050 to the mid-19th century. Oh. But remember, it was all at the emperor's court. Yeah. Oh, oh. And so it wasn't out to the population at all. No, it wasn't out to the public. That's quite correct. Oh, and when? And did... so this, this, this starting here mm-hmm. in 1982 was simply a restart. It wasn't the total oh, origination. Oh, hmm. And was there a lot of resistance when it started here? None, because everybody felt better. It was just a trickle to start with, but all the ladies, it was almost all ladies. Ladies are much better at taking care of their health than men are. We all know Mm -hmm. that. And so the ladies who came in spread it to their friends, 
and everybody felt better and nobody had any adverse effects because we copied nature as closely as possible. And so there was no resistance at all, sir, and it just spread and spread. And by now, as you probably are well aware, there are literally millions of women and probably half that many men using bioidentical hormones. And so far, there have been no deaths and no injuries from Mm -hmm. it at all. Well, my nephew's wife sent me a question to ask, and she talked about a compound pharmacy where they had been getting their bioidentical hormones, and she said they closed, and it was a result of the pharmaceutical companies that were lobbying for regulations of the bioidentical hormones, and as a result, there were compounding companies closing. She asked, what could people do to stop this? So I thought from her comment that there was resistance from somewhere about the bioidentical hormones. Nope. The only resistance is from our public servants in Washington, D.C., who in 2008, and remember they started in 1982, Mm -hmm. in 2008 they sent out a letter to all the compounding pharmacies telling them that they should not at all use estriol, which is one of the principal one of the principal, one of the three chief principal estrogens, I should say. Um, that was 2008, and that was entirely, entirely a step against public safety because estriol is a component in estrogens for bioidentical compounding because it is a strictly anti-carcinogenic estrogen. The fact that it is was proven by Dr. Henry Lemon, who's a gynecologic oncologist from the University of Nebraska, and he published a number of studies showing that estriol was strictly anti-carcinogenic, and women who had more estriol were less likely to get breast cancer, and on and on um, about estriol. And yet, those public servants in Washington, D.C., they wanted to ban the stuff. Mm-hmm. They claim they're on the side of public safety. They were actually endangering people because they were not banning the other major estrogen that's in bioidentical, which is estradiol, and that stuff can be either pro- or anti-carcinogenic. So they were reducing public safety by sending out this letter, um, despite their stated mission of public safety. So what happened? Well, a group called the Alliance for Natural Health, um, and one can find them online at anh-usa.org, that's anh-usa.org. At that time, they had 300,000 members throughout the country. They sent out an emergency bulletin to all of their membership, um, asking them to go to a certain place on their website and click over here and click over there and send letters, e-letters, I should say, Mm -hmm. emails Mm -hmm. to members of Congress to protest this. And within 10 days, there were something like 110,000 emails to the Congress. (laughs) And funny thing, but FDA backed off. Uh-huh. And that was in 2008, and FDA, otherwise known as our public servants, is now chasing bioidentical hormones again. But they're the only ones who resist, sir. They're, the public uh-huh. doesn't resist. Uh-huh. They're all very, very happy with this, but they resist because, guess what, in 2008, they said they had a citizen's complaint, and when one looked into that, the citizen happened to be the YS company, and the YS company... Imagine that were the makers of Primarin, the horse estrogen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so apparently the bioidenticals were cutting into their market enough that they complained to our public servants. And our public servants, who, as you probably know, receive literally billions of dollars from patent medicine companies. Mm-hmm. You can look mm-hmm. that one up online anytime mm-hmm. you want. Um, our public servants 
uh, just bowed to that request and tried to wipe it out in 2008. And they're doing the same thing now, sir. That's where the resistance is coming from. It's none from the public, all from public servants. Well, what can the listeners and, like my nephew's wife, what can they do then to help in the effort to keep these available because so many people are on them? Right. Well, what they can do, and this is not an advertisement. This is just the quickest way to get this done. Mm-hmm. What they can do is go to the Tahoma Clinic website. That's our clinic here, T-A-H-O-M-A, clinic.com. And on the first screen, up will come a little sign that says, Protect our bioidentical hormones, and you click there, and it immediately takes you to the letter at the ANH website. You don't have to click around site to find it. It immediately takes you to that letter, and you can read through the letter where ANH is very good at stating the facts of what are going on, and you can easily either just click and send that that pre-done letter, or if you prefer, you can make up your own letter, and after you put in your postal code, it knows which Congress people and senators to send it to. So you click and off it goes. And the whole process, going from clicking on the Tahoma website to finding precisely where that letter is without searching through the whole A&H website, takes less than five minutes, sir. Mm-hmm. That's great. Good. Yeah. She'll and hear could, this, and so she will then, I know she'll follow up. And if I could mention another fun thing, I like mm-hmm. mentioning fun things. And mm-hmm. Back in 2008, um, when the same thing was going on, namely trying to get rid of estriol and that part of bioidentical hormones, um, a woman erased the letter of DNA and H, which you can do very easily online, and she put in her own letter, and I just really thought this was so much fun that I have to repeat it. Her own letter said, Dear Member of Congress, if you take away my estriol, which is the protective estrogen, I'm going to come down to, that is if you let our public servants do this, I mm-hmm. should have said, mm-hmm. um, I'm going to come down to your office and have PMS once a month. <laughs> Did she get a response? I don't know. They just saved that email. It was so much fun. Yeah. Then I think that you've kind of said it, but to repeat then the main differences between the bioidentical hormones versus the traditional hormones? Yeah, the main difference is that the traditional ones are not at all identical to what's in human bodies. They're similar, but not identical. And using the so-called traditional ones, namely the Premarin, um, pregnant mare urine, that is where it comes from, where it gets its name, Premarin, is very much as if you had a Ford, and your Ford broke down and you needed parts. So you went to the Toyota dealer and got parts. They're, they're automobile parts, aren't they? But are mm-hmm. they going to fix mm-hmm. your Ford? <laughs> not very well. It's like fixing your Ford with Toyota parts, and we want to fix human beings with human parts, or human molecules, I should say. Right, right. This sounds very similar to the whole issue with thyroid. I take a natural thyroid that's made out of thyroid for Hashimoto's, and a Uh lot of people take it instead of the synthetic thyroid for hypothyroidism and Hashimoto's. Isn't this similar? Where you're taking well, yes and no, sir. Um, you're quite correct that the best thyroid for nearly all of us is 
the one that is closest to our own thyroid, Mm -hmm. which in fact does come from animals, but it is, in this case, it is bioidentical, unlike the case with the horse urine estrogen, which is not bioidentical. Mm -hmm. And the big difference is that according to the textbooks, whole natural thyroid has in it 12 active substances. 12, no kidding. Research is active, whereas the synthetic stuff there's only two of them. They're called T4 and T3. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. if we take the synthetic, we're missing the other 10 that should be in our bodies if we need more thyroid. Now, here's the thing, though, um, and that is that the T4 and T3 that are synthetic are indeed bioidentical. They mm-hmm. really are. Mm-hmm. The cytomel and the other one, they're both bioidentical. They're just incomplete. Mm-hmm. They don't have the other other 10 active ingredients with them. And then there's something else to be cautious about. This gets a little complicated. I'll try to be as, as clear mm-hmm. as I can. Um, when we have Hashimoto's or any other autoimmune problem, uh, we're overreacting, as everybody knows, to our own thyroid glands. Mm-hmm. Now, what's going to happen if we put in whole animal thyroid? We just might. It's not a certainty. It's a minority, but we just might worsen the Hashimoto's. So the only time when I will ever use the, let's call them commercial estrogens, and remembering that they are bioidentical, I'm sorry, the commercial thyroids, I said that wrong, the commercial Mm -hmm. thyroid, Mm -hmm. and remembering that they are complete. They're missing 10 of the other components that are in the whole natural, Mm -hmm. but you see they will not at all stimulate autoimmunity. So that's the only time then uh, when us natural medicine doctors will switch to the bioidentical synthetic is when a person has autoimmune. The rest of the time, if they're not autoimmune, we want the whole natural. Right. Yeah. Well, my doctor, I switched endocrinologist, and I mean, I didn't switch the one I had that I liked very much. He told me that his family, who lived in another state, told him he had to come home and get married and have grandchildren. And he said, if I stay here much longer, I'll love my patients more than my parents. So he said, I've got got to leave and go home. And so I missed him, but he told me who would be the best person to replace him. And so when I went to the other person and he said to me, well, you're taking thyroid. He said, that's not medical practice. He said, I can't prescribe that. He said, I'm referring you back to your primary doctor. I said, fine. Oh, dear. (laughs) So, you know, there's some that are so traditional that they just don't want to wander out at all. And so I, at this point, I pretty much found a group of doctors that will put up with me not using the synthetic thyroid and not taking blood thinners because there's so many natural ones for AFib that it's easier just to use the natural things than it is to go on those synthetic ones. I don't like to take things like that, but anyhow, that's getting off track, but I thought... It is better for you in the long run, sir. I'm going to have to agree with your point of view. Yeah, good, good. Then, so the bioidentical hormones are perfectly safe then. Yes, there was a wonderful study done by a young lady physician from the University in Texas. She enrolled a large group of women for a two-year study of bioidentical hormones. And when they did that, they didn't just pay attention to symptoms. Mm -hmm. They did all kinds of blood tests and other tests for what are called markers of health, Mm -hmm. um, a whole variety of them. And 
After two years' time, they went back to everybody, how you doing? And they repeated all the markers of good health. And what they found was that the markers of good health, none of them got worse. Mm-hmm. And some of them actually improved. And it was in over 100 women in over two years. And not only that, but everybody felt better. Mm-hmm. So 100% of everybody felt better. And all their tests either stayed the same or got better or got better. And it went on for long enough and was extensive enough to show that when bioidentical hormones are used as in the same quantities with the same timing, copying nature as closely as possible, that they not only do no harm, but they do good. Mm-hmm. And yet that study is completely ignored. And wow. not only is it completely ignored, but the lead author of that was fired from her university for doing it. Oh. I'm not kidding. I know that because I talked to the woman mm-hmm. and I asked her, do you want any publicity about this? Look at this study you've done and look at the terrific outcome. And yet you got fired. Do you want any publicity? She says, oh, no, I'm hoping to get a job at another university, and I wouldn't want them uh, to know that I was a complainer. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm not surprised because your friend that talked with me about the curaderm said that that Bill Chan, Chan was it, that invented it? Chan, C-H-A-M, yes. I couldn't find him. I looked all over the Internet. All I could find was his book. I couldn't find him, and that's why I ended up coming to you because you had done the foreword or in the book and he told me that they had harassed him and threatened his family to the point that he had gone in hiding so i'm not surprised at at anything yes sir that's entirely correct he was in australia the australasian society of dermatologists complained to the australian version of fda and fda set up a booby trap for his wife and arrested her, and they took him to court. And what do you know, the judge had some sense and threw it out of court because he said that this was a um, basically a fraudulent transaction that they had tried to conduct with her. Mm-hmm. And then, according to Dr. Cham and his wife, who told my wife and me about mm-hmm. this in person, um, so we got it straight from the source, according to Dr. Cham and his wife, the judge called him into his chambers and said, you better get out of Australia, uh, you are going to face continuous harassment unless you leave this country. So they moved to an island nation two hours by airplane north and east of Yenko called Vanuatu, and that's where they live, and that's where you can't find them. Oh, oh. isn't it a shame? Because it sounds like it's very, very effective, and I've told several people about it. I haven't got reports back, but from the book, I read the book, and from everything I've found, it seems like a relatively inexpensive, non-invasive treatment for skin cancer. Uh, oh, it is, sir. We've been referring people to, um, and they have to have it sent in from Vanuatu, but we've been referring people to buy it. It is legal for people to buy it for themselves if they do not resell it and do not advertise that they're doing it. Mm-hmm. Oh, my, you can't let anybody know you cured your own skin cancer. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it is legal, so they get it in here. And time after time after time, people, sir, um, I've observed this since the 1990s. People will come in here and say, look, my skin cancer is gone. Look, mm-hmm. my skin cancer is gone. And the only time it ever does any harm is that if people are salicylate sensitive, and we all know that salicylates are in aspirin and so forth, mm-hmm. and also in some vegetables, those people occasionally get a salicylate reaction and their skin turns all red. Nothing worse happens, mm-hmm. but it turns all red and itchy and they have to stop. 
that's the worst they've ever seen from it, and that happens about one time in about 30. Um, and everybody else has cured their skin cancer with with it. It is so effective, so simple, and quite natural, and it cannot hurt the surrounding cells. That's the key to it that you probably heard from Dr. Mm-hmm. Cornu Levant, mm-hmm. namely that it can only penetrate a cancer cell. It cannot penetrate a normal skin cell, so it hurts nothing, and yet... It's being kept out of our country by those same public servants who fined $2 billion to Lane Laboratories who were distributing it on the East Coast of the United States, and they got fined for helping people to cure cancer, $2 million. Mm -hmm. That's because it wasn't, quote, approved, unquote. Right. Well, there was a lot of interest in it because I had almost 5,000 people come to my website a couple days after I put the interview on. I mean, that's the most that I've had on one day, I think, for a long, long time. And so it was of great interest to people. Did you tell people where to go to get it? Well, if they have contacted me, I've told them to use the one that has his name because I found one that had his name associated with it. There's a website one can go to to purchase the stuff, and since it comes from Vanamatu, nobody can shut down that website. Oh. It's curaderm.net, C-U-R-A-D-E-R-M dot N-E-T. I think that may have been the one that I had, but I will check and I'll file that away in case other people call me and want to know. So I appreciate that. There you go, sir. Uh, then is there a typical age where women start the bioidentical hormone? Um, it's, it's a age range, of course. It's usually at or shortly thereafter menopause. That's the very best time to start them. And there's proof of that in the regular scientific literature, which shows us that the earlier a woman completes menopause, the greater her risk of cognitive decline when she is older. Mm. And that's simply because she's been more years without her estrogen, particularly, which is important to the brain. Now, bioidentical hormones do many things for us, but in my opinion, the most important thing they do, the estrogens for the ladies and the testosterone for men, is to maintain cognitive function. There's research from the turn of the last century uh, from Rockefeller University that showed that in female brain cells, it's the estrogen. And in male, male brain cells, it's the testosterone, which activate the enzymes that clear out the tau protein, the neurofibrillary tangle, and the, the um, beta amyloid. And without the testosterone and the estrogen, those things accumulate and accumulate in a person's brain, and here comes cognitive decline and Alzheimer's disease. And with the testosterone in the brain cells, this is all done at a university and very, very competently. With the testosterone in the brain cells of the, of the men, they had male brain cells and female brain cells that they collected from people who had unfortunately died in automobile accidents and had no known cognitive, no known cognitive deficit. They were in their 50s. Uh, anyway, just that little bit that's ordinarily in the brain kept those brains substantially clear. Mm-hmm. I didn't say totally mm-hmm. clear, but substantially mm-hmm. clear. Um, the the clean-out rate was slowed down the accumulation of those things by 80%, sir. Wow. So, the testosterone for men and the co- and the estrogen for ladies is the very most important for our brain function because without brain function, what good is anything else? Mm-hmm. And what I tell the guys, tell the guys is, hey, slow down on focusing on your sex life because us guys do focus there. That's the way nature is mm-hmm. uh, for testosterone because if you haven't got your brain and you can't remember who what you did with who 
What good is it? I'm glad you mentioned males because I was going to ask you if this was for men also. And a couple times. Oh, absolutely. And do they start about the same time as women? Um, uh, perhaps um, up to a decade longer. Now, you probably are well aware of this, but I'm going to repeat it anyway. Mm -hmm. If we look back at the records from the 1940s and 50s, men were having their testosterone checked at that time. It was measurable and records were kept. And the average guy's testosterone started to decline after age 60 back then. Mm -hmm. Now, if you take a look at things, guys' testosterone is starting to decline in their 40s. And some guys, wow. if they're in particular, they're agricultural workers, it's in their 20s. So uh, the timing of it is very different than it would have been if it were available for our grandpas. Uh, so uh, basically, uh, yeah, I'm seeing men in their late 40s, in their 50s, in their 60s. We're making sure they get their testosterone measured. And a lot of these guys are low, low, low in testosterone. So it's starting a lot earlier than nature intended it to. And why is it starting earlier? Is that because of the pollutions in the environment? Exactly, sir. It's is all it? the environmental pollution. Because I know with the free radicals, the environment has had a lot to do with the increased amount of free radicals in the body. Then I wanted to ask about DHEA. Is that of any mm -hmm. value? Absolutely so. DHEA is a hormone produced by the adrenal glands in both men and women. It's not in from the ovaries or testicles. And according to people who research this stuff, DHEA peaks at age 30. No kidding. And it goes downhill from there. Some go downhill rapidly, some go downhill slowly, but still it goes down. Now, there are studies on DHEA showing that the better your DHEA level is, the more likely you are to live longer. No mm -hmm. kidding. Mm -hmm. So if, if it, it's involved in longevity, of course. And again, it is totally safe. If the stuff didn't belong in the human body, it wouldn't be made by our adrenal glands. So it's totally safe to use bioidentical DHEA in the same quantities that are found in the human body. No more, no less. And we're not going to get into trouble with that either, simply because it belongs in there. And again, if we copy what nature does, well, we will not have any more trouble than nature gave us in the first place by putting it in there. Now, would you get that by going to a naturopathic doctor and then going through a compound a pharmacy? Yes, and I'm very glad you asked that because DHA is on capsules on the shelf in the health food store. Mm -hmm. Now, remember, I mentioned copy nature. Now, does nature make DHA come in through our mouth and go into our intestines and go straight to the liver? No. Mm -hmm. Nature makes the DHA come from our adrenal glands where it goes through the veins to the heart and it goes to every cell in the body and then it gets to the liver. Now, when people swallow DHEA, the whole mass of it goes to the liver. What difference does that make? Well, in men, men's livers make it into estrone, which is an estrogen. Mm -hmm. And when I see a guy coming in who has a high estrone level, all i got to do is ask him, are you swallowing DHEA? And 99% of the time, the answer is yes, hmm. um, I'm swallowing DHEA, particularly if his estrone is high and the other estrogens aren't. Mm -hmm. Now, there is another reason for guys' estrogens being higher than they should be, and that's being pre-diabetic or type 2 diabetic, but um, that doesn't focus just on estrone. It focuses on all the estrogens. So they never should be swallowed. I'm glad you brought that up. We need to copy nature not only in the size, shape, and amount of the uh, hormone, but also in the timing that's used and also in the route of administration. It should go 
not into the gut, but it should go rubbed in. And there's some technical um, mm-hmm. things about that too. But it should be rubbed in because there it will go to the veins that go to the heart first. So again, it's copy nature, copy nature, copy nature. And if we do, we will get into the least amount of trouble. Great. Good. Then someone contacted me and said that a friend of theirs had polymyalgia and asked if bioidentical hormone replacement would help. And she was presently, had been on prednisone and stopped and refused to take it because she said she didn't like it. And so I told her I'd ask. Okay. Well, as I mentioned, I've been working with the bioidentical hormones since 1982. And during that time, I uh, have encountered maybe two or three people with polymyalgia who also had gone through menopause. These were all ladies, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, and guess what? It did not help the polymyalgia very much at all, sir. Mm-hmm. Um, but it did help all the other symptoms of menopause. So far as I know, these ladies are probably either continuing to use it or they're not with us anymore, uh, one or the other. Um, but not. I wish it would help everything, but polymyalgia is not one of the things I was impressed with. Um, but all the other symptoms of menopause, and for that matter, uh, something that ladies are interested in more than guys are, it usually maintains appearance for a lot longer uh, as at a more youthful age for women. In fact, a woman who's been using hormones for 10 years or more after her menopause, when she goes to high school reunions, she usually looks significantly younger than the rest of the women who haven't been using bioidentical hormones. Mm-hmm. It helps maintain appearance, not just brain function. Now, onto that uh, person who's using prednisone, uh, if you don't mind, I'm going to detour over for just a moment mm-hmm. to what does prednisone do that really gets in our way. Uh, yes, it suppresses inflammation, but also suppresses the body's ability to heal. Um, uh, surgeons found in an experiment that people who took prednisone as compared to people who didn't, when they had the exact same surgery, um, they didn't heal as well if they took prednisone. And then one of those surgeons, uh, after apparently doing a lot of research, um, got together a group of people uh, who were taking prednisone and needed surgery again, and half of them got vitamin A and half of them didn't. And oh my goodness, the people who took the vitamin A healed just as well as the people who had not been taking prednisone, whereas the people who took the prednisone and no vitamin A, they didn't heal as well. Mm -hmm. So that demonstrated for us that vitamin A offsets at least one of the bad effects of prednisone, and I encourage everybody who has, for whatever reason, taken prednisone, although like this lady you mentioned, I would refuse it too. There's Mm -hmm. other things too that work just as well. But I encourage everybody to get get to see a natural medicine doctor and get onto some vitamin A for a while um, so they get rid of that bad prednisone effect. Mm-hmm. Great. Good. And is there anything else you'd like to say before we look at your services, products, and books? Oh, my goodness, yes. <laughs> um, and that is that bioidentical hormone replacement, uh, which remember, yes, it started here at Tom Clinic in 1982, but it really started in China in the year 1050, mm-hmm. and they continued it for till the 1800s. No kidding. Bioidentical hormone replacement is one of the best ways to extend a healthy longevity that anybody ever came up with. And I'm sure glad they came up with it in the emperor's court in order to show us that several hundred years of it didn't hurt anybody. Um, but it's one of the best ways to have healthy longevity that one can imagine. And this attack on it has nothing at all to do with public safety, which is uh, the attack you may not know is funded by... Uh, the committee that is attacking is funded by, guess who? 
a public servants at FDA, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and they're, ca- they're calling it a matter of public safety. It's actually more dangerous to the public not to use bioidentical hormones because of the extended healthy longevity that it produces. After mm-hmm. all, it's been around since 1980s. Mm-hmm. Has anybody heard of anybody dying of it? Of course not. Mm-hmm. And the only reason it's being attacked is because it is taking a larger and larger market share. Um, and, the, and our public servants at, at FDA have been putting so many new unnecessary restrictions on compounding pharmacies that the cost has gone up and up. And as you mentioned, some of the compounding pharmacies have had to close because of all those expenses. I'll shut up after one example. Um, 1980s, compounding started. and it wasn't until 20 to 20, 30 years later, I don't know exactly when it was, but that long later, that FDA decided that compounding pharmacies were dangerous and they must put in a quarter of a million dollars into a special room equipped with fans and they had to wear masks and special equipment to compound hormones and good grief, nobody had had any troubles for all the time up till then until an agency declared them uh, dangerous to compound. Mm-hmm. Nobody had any uh, hazards from compounding. So please, folks, uh, help to protect our bioidentical hormones and get this agency off the back of one of the safest, most healthful things that's out there now. Okay, I'll Great. shut up about that. Great, thank you. Then would you tell us about your services, any products you have, and books, and how the listeners can reach you? Mm-hmm. Well, our website is all the W's, of course, and then TahomaClinic.com. And insofar as products, uh, we have what's called the Tahoma Clinic Dispensary, which in Washington State is the legal name for what looks like a health food store, except it's attached to a doctor's office. So mm-hmm. it's called Tahoma Clinic Dispensary, and one can go to put those um, put that out into the search engine, and up will come the website for the dispensary. Now, the dispensary carries not just they carry a whole bunch of books on health topics, but they do have mine, and they also carry the few products. It's, I think it's about half a dozen of them, and that I formulated after doing lots and lots of research. And speaking of lots and lots of research, I'm going to detour very temporarily to the fact that along with the Dr. Alan Gaby, um, we actually have either on-paper copies or, since we both learned to use computers, electronic copies of over 100,000 research articles. I started mm-hmm. in 1973. Dr. Gaby started in 1978. Um, and we work together on this. We have a com- we have a copy of over 100,000 research articles. We've actually read the abstracts to every one of them. The abstract is what tells you what's in the article. And if it's interesting, we'll read the whole article. And if it isn't, we don't read the whole article. But we have them all on file. We can look them up at any time. So what we're doing out here is very, very, very backed up by the research science. Mm-hmm. Okay, back to the dispensary for a moment. And the, um, uh, excuse me, let me ask you. Yes, sir. The res- what area is this then? Is that just the bioidentical hormones or is this Oh, good grief, no, sir. It has to do with bioidentical hormones, that's for sure. We've got something called the Bioidentical Hormone Arch Archive, and that's got about um, 15 to 20,000 articles posted. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it has to do with the entire area of research into natural substance and oh. natural energies and mm-hmm. use in medicine. That's what the big, big deal is all about. Now, can the public now, look at the abstract? No, we've got them all filed away. What the public can do, what the public can do, though, is look at a book called Nutritional Medicine by Dr. Alan Gaby, G-A-B-Y, 
and you just put that nutritional medicine Alan Gaby into your search engine, mm-hmm. and up comes his website, and it's in its second edition. It's based on all these research papers, mm-hmm. and oh my goodness, it covers any condition you ever heard of and what you can do about with natural medicine really? about that. Plus all the footnotes, huh? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So if a person knows how to look this stuff up on PubMed, National Library of Medicine, mm-hmm. they can find it online. Mm-hmm. Great. Wonderful. Yeah. And that book weighs nine pounds, sir. I'm <laughs> not <laughs> kidding. And it has 16,000 references. Mm. Now, Dr. Gaby came out to my office when he was uh, just graduated from medical and stayed at our clinic for a couple of years, and then he had to go home to be with his family, which makes sense, mm-hmm. in Maryland. But uh, he's just really, really good at all that research. Mm-hmm. And we have a researcher that uh, does five days a week and doing it for 10 years now. Actually, it's more than a decade for Tahoma Clinic and finding us a bunch of home of research articles. And Dr. Gaby finds a whole bunch, and that's why we have so many. And by the way, we implement them too, and we know which ones work and which ones don't. Mm-hmm. But back to my books for just a moment. The mm-hmm. one book that is still out there that Dr. Lane Leonard and I wrote in the year 2001, and it's still in print because still selling really, really well. Mm-hmm. It's called Why Stomach Acid is Good for You. And that, that, what that does is to explode the myth that, and I do mean explode it, that if we have acid reflux, it must mean we have too much stomach acid, therefore we should take acid blockers. That is totally wrong. And mm-hmm. it's the basis of a huge industry which is just making people ill because all the acid blockers do is cause malnutrition because we're not digesting breakfast, lunch, and dinner properly anymore because we don't have any acid down there in our stomachs, mm-hmm. which is what nature intended. Okay. And a researcher over in England discovered just by good research that that muscle that separates the stomach from the esophagus actually closes if there's sufficient acid and it stays open and allows the remaining acid to go back through if there's insufficient acid. It's sensitive to the acid and the more acid there is, the more it closes. Mm -hmm. So what is this myth that we have to block acid? Well, the myth certainly sells a lot of products, but when somebody has acid reflux, we do a test on their stomach acid at about 95 times out of 100, they have too little stomach acid, mm-hmm. and they take the stuff, which is available for sale in all the health food stores, they take the stuff, and the large majority of the time, they quit having acid reflux, mm-hmm. because they now have the same amount of acid they had in their tummies as when they were 16 years old and didn't have acid reflux. Mm-hmm. There's only one hazard to that, so please, people, don't take this up without working with the doctor, and the hazard is... People, it's a minority, it's maybe 15% of people who have acid reflux. They try taking hydrochloric acid with their meals and they say, Oh, it hurts my tummy! And what's going on is that their stomach lining has deteriorated so much that they can't handle the acid anymore. But it's not a reflux pain, it's a pain right in the tummy. Mm -hmm. And so, what those people have to do working with their natural medicine doctor is take things which happen to include vitamin A that help to rebuild the stomach lining. And then we can take the hydrochloric acid and properly digest breakfast, lunch, and dinner. But that's going to lead me to another area. Um, I happen to do a newsletter, sir. It's called Green Medicine Newsletter. Mm-hmm. And one just puts that on their search engine and they can find it. And one of the very recent articles describes something that we simply are not told about that is so important. Now, we've all heard of menopause and we know what that means. The menstrual period stops. And we've all heard of andropause, which is the term technical for the gradual decline in testosterone in men. But what we have not been told about because of this giant industry 
that wants to block our acidity whenever we have acid reflux. What we've not been told about at all, you won't see it in the newspapers, television, radio, or anything, is about the following. In 1932, Mayo Clinic researchers, and they're not even natural medicine doctors, mm-hmm. led by a doctor, Francis Van Zandt, they published an article in which they reported on 3,700 acid analyses for 3,700 people, stomach acid analyses. And these people were ages 20 all the way up to 70 or 80. And what they found is that when people are in their 20s, hardly any of the men and about 1% to 2% of the women are starting to have a decline in the output of stomach acid. And that increases with every decade of life until we all get to be 60. And when we're 60, according to the Mayo Clinic, not me, mm-hmm. in 1932, analyzing 3,700 stomach acid tests, according to the Mayo Clinic people, by the time we're all 60, 48% of the men and 52% of the women have a significant decline in their stomach acid. And they didn't name it this. I named it this, namely gastropause, namely our stomachs slow down with age. It's not a disease. It happens with age, Mm -hmm. just like menopause and andropause. And if we don't get on top of that, here's what happens, according to the Mayo Clinic researchers. By the time everybody was 70, why, the numbers with lower stomach acid had dropped from 48% and 52% down to in the 40%, the lower 40s. Why did it drop? Well, the researchers, led by Dr. Van Zandt, said in Scientese, which I'll translate into English, that the reason it had dropped is the people who had had the low stomach acid-induced malnutrition the longest had all died. And so they weren't in the percentages anymore. And so basically, folks, our risk of death from inadvertent malnutrition increases with age. And there's not much we can do about it. It's like trying to do something about menopause or andropause Mm -hmm. other than Mm -hmm. use replacement. And for mm-hmm. menopause and andropause, we use replacement bioidentical hormones. And for gastropause, which is a natural thing that leads to premature death if we don't get on top of it, for gastropause, we work with our natural medicine doctors to find out if we have this problem. And if we do, why we take something that's sitting on every health food store shelf in the country. It's called betaine hydrochloride with pepsin. And it contains the hydrochloric acid in a powder form. Yes, you can make it in a powder form, along with pepsin, that the stomach doesn't make if it's not making hydrochloric acid. But please don't do that without working with your doctor because, remember, there's a percentage of people whose stomach linings have deteriorated to the point where they can't handle the stuff even though they need it. Mm-hmm. And so they're going to have to do something about that. But for everybody else, this gastropause, and there's a, there's about a three or four people about that in Green Medicine Newsletter. Um, and you can, again, find Green Medicine Newsletter online. And if a person happens to subscribe to it, then they can read any newsletter they want to in retrospect. And they can read all about gastropause. And that is a major inadvertent but natural health hazard. Mm-hmm. Great. Now, do you see patients from away? from Washington, or do you just see people that come to your office? Well, it's it's sort of both, sir, because there is a state regulation out here that you must see the person individually in person once. Oh, and uh-huh. after that, you can do every follow-up you want to on the telephone after that, mm-hmm. but you have to see them in person once. Mm-hmm. So it's both. Great. And I do a lot of follow-up work with people who've only been here once. That's probably half my practice. But those people, well, we're talking anywhere from six months 
to follow up on their biodynamic hormones to start with every couple, three years when they're feeling pretty well and just got questions. And if someone wanted to talk with you about how long after they contacted your office, would they be able to talk with you? Um, do you know? Right that? now, oh, I do. My, um, my <laughs> medical assistant keeps telling me that we're booked out too far. We're booked out a couple of months, sir. Oh, oh, because uh, I recently interviewed a Ayurveda, Ayurveda, Ayurveda uh, practitioner, and she was booked up for two, two and a half months. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Sort of what, ha- what happens, though, is what you're doing is effective and safe. Mm-hmm. Yep. Right. And would you give us your website again, or at least how people could get the newsletter and how they could look at the products you have and uh, if they wanted to make an appointment, where they would go? Mm-hmm. Well, thank you, sir. The website for the clinic is all the W's and Tahoma, T-A-H-O-M-A, clinic, well, like clinic usually is, dot com. Um, and that has on it the phone numbers for making appointments if one wishes to. Again, person has to be here in person, just wants to start with the beginning. And that's a good idea because what I like to do is always do a physical exam on everybody. And I don't mean pap smears and prostate exams. I Mm -hmm. mean just a general physical exam um, because there's so many body signs that tell us what the body needs. And those are unfortunately not publicized either. Mm -hmm. But there's scientific backing, or I should say there's there's literature backing from um, various physicians telling you, just for example, that if you've got a thick callus on your heel, it means you need vitamin A. And that comes from Dr. Altschul at one of the New York universities. And it works. Every time I see somebody with a thick callus, I have not take vitamin A until their callus goes away mm-hmm. and then cut it back and it works every darn time. Mm-hmm. And you never think that a thick callus on the heel was a sign of a vitamin deficiency. Right. That's why we like to do mm-hmm. that's why we like to do a physical exam. There's many other signs of things. For example, if you you know, just do this one other more. If you happen to have those little tags of skin in your uh, under your armpits or on your neck or in mm-hmm. your groin, mm-hmm. hey, you got an 80% chance of becoming diabetic when you get older. I am not kidding. That comes from research at a hospital in Texas. Skin tags mean you've got an 80% chance of type 2 diabetes down the road. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's why we do a physical exam. Mm-hmm. Now, getting over to the dispensary, it's just Tahoma Clinic Dispensary. Um, Again, .com. And there, um, you click over here for the books I've written. It just says Dr. Wright's books, and you go click, and they all come up, and they tell you what's in the book. Um, and then you can click over there, and it tells you about the products that I formulated. Mm-hmm. There's only half a dozen of them uh, out of the whole hundred things that are in the dispensary. Mm-hmm. But there are some that do folks a lot of good. There's one specially formulated for people with type 2 diabetes. Uh, there's another one that has in it two ingredients that are research-proven to help us grow new brain cells, etc. So that's the mm-hmm. dispensary, and things certainly can be purchased online. Um, now, Green Medicine Newsletter is... Just like it sounds, all the W's and greenmedicinenewsletter.com again. And then something we didn't mention, sir, mm-hmm. is like you, but, but uh, you certainly have a terrific audience. Uh, my audience is smaller. Like you, um, I do a radio program, and it's on every Saturday, noon to 2 Pacific time, mm-hmm. um, every Saturday, and it's called Green Medicine Radio. Imagine that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's also streaming. It's not just on the radio. All the radio stations stream stuff these days online, mm-hmm. and it can be found at a radio station called AM, that's just AM band, and then KVI, 
Those are the initials of the radio station, KVI 570. So KVI 570 AM or AM 570 KVI, and one can just click in if one wants to, of course, Mm -hmm. and listen at um, noon to two Pacific. And it's a call-in radio program. People call in with their questions about health and tell them, well, here's what the research literature says. Here's what my experience has been. And by the way, check with your natural medicine doctor. Mm -hmm. Um, That's at least half the time because some of the things are complicated. Um, But that program's been on um, since 2010. Mm -hmm. And so there's a whole archive at Green Medicine. It's called Green Medicine Online. It's not called Green Medicine Radio. Mm -hmm. It's called GreenMedicineOnline.com. And people can go there and they can click here and click there and they can find programs from any year and they can listen to, they don't have to listen to the whole program. They also can listen to any segment of any program Mm -hmm. uh, that they want to at any time of the day or night um, just by putting in, just for example, type 2 diabetes and up will come a bunch of click here, click here, click here and you can listen to that and switching back to the um, newsletter archive if one is a a subscriber to the newsletter then one can read all the past newsletters too. Mm -hmm. Great. Well, I appreciate this very much. It's been very interesting, and we didn't stick strictly with bioidentical hormones, but that was good because the information was all very important, I think. And so I appreciate this, and I hope I can interview you again at some point when you develop an interest in another area. So, <laughs> I, okay, sir. <laughs> so I appreciate it, and I'll be back in touch. All right, and thank you very, very much for all you've done to get the word out about, gee, I got better with natural medicine. You all can, too. Right, right. (laughs) I thank you for joining me today on the Holistic Health Show. I hope this information was useful to you, and I look forward to seeing you again on the next show. Thank you for joining me. 